It's time to go one-on-one with DP. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios, here is your host, Derek Pearson. Presented by Beatrice Bakery on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. The fastest hour in all of sports radio, brought to you by Alla. Again, you can go residential business. Alloa will will get you through it. High speeds, best service. Alloa. That's how fast we're going to go. That's how fast this hour is going to be. And I can tell you, 402-464-5685, Honda Lincoln Hotline. Start him a text line on the Honda Lincoln Hotline right now. National champ. All-around good dude. Let's bring him in. Uh, did you cue, Can you cue up his music, please? Here's a guy that gives them more depth at UNLV. Everett Gray he brings nine points off the bench for Coach Tarkanian. In less than 20 minutes of play in a game. Here he'll have a chance. Oh, as he goes up for the dunk, Miller takes a piece of the arm. Two. Two on Miller now. Team foul number five. Here's another basketball player with a baseball background. He was a third-round pick of the Astros in 87 was Everett Gray. Let's bring in the running rebel himself, Everett Gray. Ev, uh, let you know, Jay Foreman, the Husker Hall of Famer, is with us. Rico is here, so uh, we oh, officially boy. having a meeting. <laughs> Yeah, we have an HBC. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring it in. I'm just letting you know Jay's on fire. Everick, I got two questions, man. I've been dying okay. to ask this. I know maybe DP is asked. The first one, man. Did y'all take some payments to lose that game against Duke? Oh, my God. Hey, just be honest <laughs> with me, man. Look, the, the statute of limitations no. is gone. You got to tell me what's happening because I not only did I lose a night of sleep, I don't think I functioned right for like a week or two. Right. Yeah, you know, you're not the first one to ask that question. And, you know, a lot of people um, over the years and ask me questions like, hey, did you did you guys get paid to do that? And I had to break it down for them a little bit. It didn't make right. any sense for them to, to do that. Right. I mean, they were about to be millionaires anyway. Larry was the number one pick. Stacy went nine overall, played 18 years in the league, and made a, sh- a lot of money. So it wasn't. It didn't have anything to do with. Uh, it just had a. It was just that one night. Right. Uh, we didn't play well, and uh, and Greg fouled out. That was the whole, the whole thing. The crazy part, uh, Jay and DP. I'm I'm in San Diego, and I was at Matt Offick last night at his restaurant, and we're talking about if you would have went to UNLV, because remember, he decommitted from UNLV with Arizona, would have probably won a couple more uh, national championships. But, Jay, back to your question. No, that wasn't wasn't the situation. And uh, that never – that is just – it was two points better than us. And Anderson Hunt uh, won hidden. They had Grant Grant Hill that following year, too. Right. My next question is: is uh, in your intro, you're a third round pick in baseball. What made you decide not to just go and play baseball? I mean, obviously, you know the situation. Obviously, the opportunity to go to UNLV is was once in a lifetime. But what was your big? Uh, what, what was the big reason why you decided to to play basketball? 
Jay, the, the thing is that I only play baseball to get out of the fifth and sixth period. I mean, to be honest. <laughs> and, That's but, what I'm talking I, Jay, about. But the thing is that when I played hard, I played whatever sport I played, I played extremely hard. Um, I played all sports growing up. And my right. mom, they put me in this camp, Jay, to, to, uh, so I can be able to play with white kids. So just keep it 100. So <laughs> right. every day was a different sport. So it was tennis, golf, football, basketball, baseball, swimming. And so at a young age, I, I excelled in all different types of sports. But to be honest, I only played because my friends played, and I ended up getting drafted. I they actually was an All-American football player, too. Um, I'm the all-time leading receiver at my high school still to this day. I don't think it's ever going to be broken for, not for a while. Yeah. You're going to have to play four years to break it, but I don't really talk about it all the time. But, Jay, I mean, like in high school, if if you're my buddy, Jay, and I, right. I feel like I need to help you, Jay, to get to the next level, I'm just going to go play. Right. I'm going to play extremely hard. And the baseball thing, I never thought about it. I was just... I remember I got drafted on a Sunday night. I got back from school. My mom said, hey, you got a phone call from some guy named from the Houston Astros. She didn't even know, what a, she didn't even know how to say it right. <laughs> astronauts. I think she said the astronauts. <laughs> She's like, yeah, they just draft you, and this is some money you might can make. What do you think? I was like, ah, I'm playing basketball. I don't want to play baseball. I'm done playing baseball. Just, just, just imagine for a moment twofold. One, having Everett's big, tall body slinging right. fastballs at you, and then this dude playing wide receiver. Right. You, did you have any offers for football? Yeah, I, have, I had offers from every uh, Pac-12 school. Um, well, like Dave, Win- we talking and, like another um, Dave Winfield here. Let me give, let me give you another example. I got, I get a phone call from Washington State, and the guy goes, "Hey, man, we'll love to have you here. We're going to offer you a scholarship. The quarterback's going to be Drew Bledsoe." I was like, who is, who is Drew Bledsoe? I don't even know who Drew Bledsoe is. And then years later, I'm like, that's Drew Bledsoe. I'm supposed to be catching passes from Drew Bledsoe from, from my Washington State. But, yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. Like radio. I said, I, I played football growing up, and and it was fun playing football. You know, it is, it's, it's, uh, it's a great team sport, and I love football. You was just an old regular athlete, huh? No, I wouldn't say that. I just Like I said, I played hard no matter what. People don't, kids don't understand. If you play hard, it's half of the battle. And that's what I do with my coaching. I'm like, just play hard. If they're better than you, just make sure they're not tougher than you and play harder than you. Right. It, it, it's, <laughs> it's funny, too, because Everett will, will – in his humility, Everett will, will, will put things in perspective for you because there are no new spaces for Everett. Everett's been in every dark corner, every deep valley – Everett's been in it with the best athletes and the best coaches in in, 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 in all time. I'll ask this question, though. Do kids today work harder than you did in high school? No. Fair. And they yeah. should. Here's the crazy part. They should because they have all, a lot of more access than, say, myself, Jay, and oh, DCF. Yeah. They have access. And, and, and it's just the uh, – the, um, the diet is even different. I didn't know anything about diet until I got to the NBA, and these kids already know. Um, I don't have. I didn't know anything about. They we didn't have a Vertimax. Jay, did we have a Vertimax no. growing up? That Vertimax is incredible. Right. Like, yeah. I can, these... I can touch the rim. I use it sometimes. I'm back touching the rim. But anyway, it's just access these <laughs> kids have to other diff- different stuff that we actually didn't have, and kids don't get that part. And some kids, some parents are too involved and and that's another issue but um, and the coddling a little bit with these kids a little bit uh, 
it's, it's tough. But the access, in my opinion, DP, is just the access to all the different stuff they have with technology. Um, it's huge for some of these kids. We're talking Everett Gray, former UNLV running Rebel National Champion, NBA veteran, pro uh, player through Europe and South America, now one of uh, Utah's top high school basketball coaches and developers of talent with the Salt Lake Rebels. Um, we talked about, Jay and I were talking about it earlier, that some kids want to be recruited more than they love the work. How, mm-hmm. Is that true? And how do you, if it is, how do you deal with it? Um, you know, some kids just like like to get offers so they can put it on Twitter or Instagram. Um, you know, kids is it's all social media based now. Um, it's all about how many likes you get, and and it's it's weird to me. I'm like you, like I'm gonna give you an example, Jay. I had a seven foot one kid. I think DP, you know, seven one kid can stretch five. Actually, he can stretch five, Jay. I did say it right. Right. Stretch five. <laughs> and he got, an offer, he got an offer last year from Virginia Tech. And I was like, dude, take it. Right then and there. He's like, well, why? I'm like, uh, you're playing against you playing against two, you're playing against North Carolina, Duke, North Carolina State. It's a really good conference. And that's pretty good. That's a pretty good deal. Then turn it, turn it down, Jay, because he wanted to wait and see what other stuff he's going to get. And it, that, that offer went away along with the other offers because he had two bad games against uh, these uh, really good teams. So the kids, uh, kids are worried about what it looks like to their other friends. It's almost like, you know, women dress, dress for other women, right, Jay? Right, they don't yeah. dress for, for you, Jay. They dress for other women. So it's just all about what it looks like to their friends instead of making a great business decision for themselves. And, and, and you know, it's hard playing in the NBA. I'm an example of that. I was in 15 different NBA teams. It's hard to stick. Right. So go get your degree. Go get your degree and, and move on. And if the NBA comes, it will come. It will come. But right. uh, the problem that with kids now is all about what it looks like uh, for other kids in social media. How how hard is that as a coach to one, you know, deal with that? But then when you're trying to voice your opinion because of your experience, right? And you have firsthand mm-hmm. knowledge. You're an expert at basketball, right? How hard is that mm-hmm. as a coach? Because you're get you like you said, we didn't have access to this, right? Where we didn't have somebody right. that's been there, done it ten times over, and is an expert to say, "Hey, ever do this? This is the best thing for you, both short term, mid term, and long term." How is that? How hard mm-hmm. is that? Because I know sometimes when I talk to football players, basketball players, or even parents, it's like you're talking to the wall. Um, but mm-hmm. but I wanted your opinion. How how do you feel about it? I see, Jay, you don't know me. DP knows me. I just give you the information. It's up to you what you do with the information. So I, I usually tell them from experience. I've been around it. I have so many friends um, in the coaching world, and they tell me, you know, the stuff. And we're, like, you know, having a, a beer or so. We're, um, we're discussing um, how kids, kids, um, kids don't listen and parents don't listen. They rather listen to their parents that never played basketball before or whatever football instead of listening to me that's actually been through it. Right. And and that it's difficult sometimes with me. I just give you the information. And if you don't want to take the information, Jay, good luck. It, it's 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 the common thread. Um, we deal with it here in Lincoln where you provide information to folks and you try to share information and then there is the narratives and all, all of the other stuff that happens before then. I'll ask you, as your kids bring you offers 
and they say, Ev, Coach Ev, what, what should I do? You work from a priority of go where you can play. How is that taken? How is that – is that being accepted? Is that constantly more hammer to the nail to get these folks to, to pay attention to it? Well, what I tell the kids and the parent, I'm like, it's, your, it's four or five years of your life, um, not your mom and your dad's life. You go somewhere where it's a good fit so you're not hopping into the portal. I think the portal is the worst for college sports right now. And, it, and it's terrible, especially for high school kids coming out. But I always tell our kids, it's your life. It's four or five years of your life. At this point, six years. But it's four or five years of your life, not not your parent, not your mom and dad. It's where you feel comfortable, where you want to go play, where you can play and stay and enjoy your high school college experience. I tell them all the time, oh, I can go back to college right now. I love college. Jay, did you like Nebraska? I thought you did. Oh, yeah, back it was then. great. Oh, when you're winning, it's all good. Mm-hmm. I was uh, school was a lot easier. Kids, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but make sure you. Oh uh, well, that UNLV that wasn't a problem. But right. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. One no, we day did, we we did have to go to class. One day, uh, we're gonna have Jay Foreman and Everett away from the microphone to really talk about what happened when oh, yeah. programs are great. It's probably mm-hmm. what didn't happen, actually, probably. Right? That's the yeah, way it I mean, What didn't happen, right, Ever? To, to uh, chop it up with uh, Jay, because, like I said, uh, Jay, growing up, I had a lot of friends from the Inland Empire that went to Nebraska. Right. So I was always a Nebraska fan growing up, because we had some kids that, that I went to high school with that ended up going to Colorado, so we used to always watch those Colorado-Nebraska games. Right. You know, when we were younger, but, yeah, it was uh, one day we have to sit down, um, I can't tell you everything, Jay, unless you're going to start my car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're still – that's why the book hasn't been written yet because Eric wants mm-hmm. to be able to start his car every morning. Uh, I hear you on that, man. Not yeah. worried about yeah, – We don't wor- need any casino. <laughs> you ain't get, get. <laughs> to not worry hey, Jay, about this, that's, It's real, though, Jay. It's oh, I know. Real, I could only imagine. You, can't. you know there's no one ever said anything, right, Jay? Right. And um, there's like two or three dudes that's still alive that you just – it's real. There, there's. You're right. There are no books on UNLV at its apex. The things that go on away from the court. Those, those books no. don't exist. And there's a reason. Um, Ever, let me ask you this then: with with NIL being the the the, the topic, what would it have been like with Larry Johnson, <laughs> Stacy Augman, <laughs> and and Tarkanian at UNLV? What would that have been like? We were talking about this. Me and J.R. Ryder was talking about this yesterday. I think Larry would have made a million dollars. Back then, he would have made a million dollars that year. Stacey. Oh, yeah. Anderson. J.R. would have made it. I think I would have been at like anywhere from 50 to 100 grand. Um, But those guys would have made a lot of money. Because remember back then, D.P. and J., Vegas was owned by one person. It's not a corporate anymore. Like, corporations own these, most of these hotels. So, you know, the, the winds or the people that that own some of these hotels, the Petitas, they would have been paying Larry, Stacy, and those guys probably a million bucks um, a year. It would have been a million bucks a year, easy. And then there would have been a bunch of other little side stuff that add up to about another 500000 with small businesses and whoever else. So they would have been making a killing. 
Yeah, my head's spinning now because I'm thinking of all of the casinos. Yeah, Each they were having yeah, its yeah, own player. Yeah, y'all would have been living up in the presidential suite. Yeah, we in been, the wedding crasher suite, right? Been, everybody would have had a house. Everybody would have. Everybody had cars, Jerry, back then. You know what I mean? But yeah. They would have been a little bit different housing-wise going forward. But Ev, I mean, we're not even talking. I mean, we're we're sticking with football, with basketball, but. Randall Cunningham and and your brother that that squad would have had some dudes too. Yeah, I think Dickie would have made a lot of money. Randall, I think Marion would have made a lot of money. Jay, so my brother played with Marion, Suge Knight. Yeah, um, <laughs> and they, they were roommates. I don't call him Suge; I call him Marion. Right. But uh, they were roommate in college, and and he would have probably made some money too, along with Randall and Dickie. And um, but you know it was. I wish, you know, like I said, we went back to these kids have a lot of access. And that's a problem, too, because they know they're going to make money now getting recruited and, and having, I don't know how much money they're going to make. It varies from five stars to four stars. But uh, but I think Randall would have made a lot of money, and, and obviously Icky and probably Marion would have, too. Has it reached your high school kids and your travel, your AU guys yet that where money – and sponsorships and endorsements. Have it reached your guys yet? EP, I live in Utah. I, I, my, most of my kids are based out of East Draper. Oh, never mind. They go to college. They pay, yeah, they take a pay cut going to college. Yeah. But most of my kids, most of my kids, that's the other good thing about our kids, though, is that they know their future is all set for them. But they still play hard and play the right way. I mean, I got some dudes that, Jay, I got a couple of kids make me nervous when we travel. I got to give them alias. <laughs> in the hotel. Yeah, I hear now, that. For real, you know, for real, for real, two for real. So some of these kids got money, um, and, you know, that, that doesn't affect them. That's why I really like our kids. They play extremely hard, knowing that their future is already set. So to, 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 to go back to a conversation we've had, then we really need to create a bridge from your Salt Lake City kids to Lincoln, Nebraska. You know, I've been trying to, I've been low key on air with you, telling them about the good players in the state of Utah over the last two years. It's up to them to recruit, but you know, Coach Coach Horberg goes through the, the portal a lot. I know he missed out on that one McDonald's kid out in Nebraska. I think he went somewhere. The one kid went to Gonzaga. He missed out on him, too. But I've been trying to force, not force, but phone little softball pitches to him. For some kids that's out here, that's pretty good. What's, what's so much I can do. I can give you the information, remember? What's the, you, but what's, what what's, what's the blockage? Is it, is it just being able to, to, to reach them directly and get a response? I mean, the thing is that it's like three top teams, three club teams, um, and the one of Utah prospects, a lot of their kids just going to be like them. A lot of them. And I don't know if they think they can't get them or they don't try to get them, but um, a lot of those kids go to um, to BYU. And they, but there's some other kids, like my kids, like they missed out on my three 6'10 kids and a 7-foot kid. They never even recruited them. Uh, my three kids. So I don't, I mean, I don't know who does the Midwest. I mean, in the West Coast or in that Rocky Mountain region, I have no clue who recruits that area, but they miss out on some good kids. Like we got another kid that we're at my high school, Brody Kozlowski, 6'8", sophomore. 
he's got about four or five offers. That's the one they should offer already, but they haven't. I just do a softball right there. Brody Kozlowski, Corner Canyon High School, 6'8". Great pedigree. Mom played BYU. Dad played football at BYU. There you go. See, like stuff like that, DP. I'm throwing curveball. I mean, not softballs. It's – it's and because – I know that you're sincere when you say it because I know that you you send you'll send messages to the program you'll make phone calls to the office and say hey can you guys get back to me what how can we fix this anyway so if it's Nebraska so let's say we put you into the Nebraska program and then you then outreach what type mm-hmm. of players around the country should they be looking for to fit into Hoiberg's system it looks like, I mean, I saw them play a couple of times. He needs shooting, obviously. Everybody needs shooting, but I, I know how Fred likes to play. He likes to get up and down a little bit. He's not a control freak, but he needs length and shooting. And there's a lot of good length and shooting in Utah. Now you got to deal with the Mormon stuff, uh, the, the mission stuff. But a lot of my kids don't go on missions, DP. Because I've been on them like, dude, it's something outside of Utah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, I don't mess with religion and politics, Jay. I don't mess with it. Right. But most of my kids, most of my kids are not going on missions. And I got kids all over the country. And I got a kid in Marquette this year, Chicago, California, North Dakota, all over. And so um, a lot of coaches are starting to recruit my kids because they know they're going to, they'll leave the state of Utah. That's the only thing. Maybe that's what's scaring some of these coaches, uh, especially in this, that area of the, of the country. But a lot of our kids leave the state of Utah. But you do a good job because I follow you on social media where, you know, you're you're, you're traveling in some big tournaments. Um, yeah. So for me, just being just talking off the cuff, you know, then that, you know, the fact that you're a traveling team, then they're exposed to different things. So, and especially if they're contact or if they would be contacting you, to me, that would be just easy because if you, if you're recruiting, say Jay Foreman and you're like, yeah, he's willing to go outside of Utah, that you know, it seems like to me. I mean, I don't know much about recruiting basketball wise, but this would seem, if I'm I'm thinking of football wise, it would be a layup, right? Right. Or close to a layup. So I right. But you know, the thing is, um, I don't know. I mean, a lot of our kids, are, like okay, Jay, the last you said you followed me in the last uh, year and a half, we had seven D one kids. Right. Right. Yeah, I've seen that. And uh, right, seven D one kids just in the last. The last year and a half, and they're all over the country. We only have one kid that's signed in Utah, and I think that's great for now. These coaches are starting to see a program that our kids are just not going to um, Utah-based schools. Like I'm gonna have a kid that's gonna commit today to Central Michigan, Jay. Right, and I love the kid, and and that's the that's the good thing about about. Our kids is that um, I've been in their ear, Jay. Like, man, get away from here. Go, go somewhere else and and, and and see the see the country, see the world without. Because some of the Utah kids in, in DP, you know, a lot of the Utah kids are bubble kids. We call them bubble kids. They're just in this little bubble and they don't leave it. And when they leave it, they freak out because their parents been in their ear the whole time. Tell them this is the devil and this is that. You can't do this. You right. can't do that. And it's um, it's sad, but it's true. 
Um, but, you know, it's just uh, recruiting. It's interesting in Utah because they're all they're, – they're just so afraid to get out of this little bubble, and that's why a lot of coaches sometimes are a little nervous recruiting Utah kids. Yeah, I mean, that's weird. I mean, that they're nervous recruiting them. You can recruit them and offer them. They can say yes or no, right? right. I mean, that's – Right. I mean – that would I, I'm just thinking if I'm a coach and you you call me up and you say hey I got this kid six eight you know good pedigree mm-hmm. I'm gonna still come and see him heck Utah's a beautiful place too you know what I mean uh, it, it, mm-hmm. it's worth the trip just to go and just chill for a couple of days offer the kid whether he wants to come or not then that's up to him because I look at it like this yeah. it's mm-hmm. a kid that would come from Utah and correct me if I'm wrong and say he decides to go back home is no different than a kid coming from florida to nebraska and he goes home in a year and football wise you get what i'm saying right at the end of the day you you, you, you're not going to get told no if you don't ask yeah i mean that's the thing is that like like i've been over the over the last year and a half too with dpj just going softball like i wanted him to go after actually they did go after um jackson cola they actually offered jackson after a while but then he he ended up going to michigan state that was one I actually tried to offer my six, seven kids, six, eight, Swiss Army knife, end up going to UVU, but they never recruited him, never called him. The only one they kind of reached out on was Jackson, Jackson Kohler. He's like footwork out of this world. But um, the thing is, uh, you know, I, you know, anywhere where DP is, Jay, I try to help him. Um, even though we, we, uh, I can't swear, uh, we talk <laughs> crap to each other, but. Yeah. Uh, but I always try to help, try to help wherever he, region he's in, no matter what. When he was in Houston, I tried to help. Um, even here, I know I don't know Fred. I just know of him. I think I played against him, and um, I just you know, and the two, I just try to help the state of Utah. We're recruiting because there's some really good players in the state of Utah that want. They can't go to BYU all the time, so you know, there's some good kids that can play in power five schools out of state of Utah. And like you said, Utah is a beautiful, a beautiful state. I mean, it's got yeah. Park city. So I got to take you to, um, Sundance. Got to take you to Sundance one day. Me and DP will take you to Sundance. Yeah, I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> DP will tell you I'll off tell you air. 10 years too late. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Before we let you go, Ever, it's so funny. I was telling Jay, uh, as I get older, uh, it hit me the other day that I, I can't, I can no longer sprint. Like with all the mm-hmm. metal parts and everything else, I'm like, bro, I can't even do this. I was like, man, if Everett saw me today, he'd be mad at me, because because every now and then Everett and I would go out and try to be athletic together, and bro, I hit the button right. and nothing happened, man. I hit the I hit I hit the pedal and it just wasn't working. So we getting old, Ev, getting old. Yeah, yep. I'm right now. I'm at uh, my son-in-law's rugby practice. It's professional. So I'm going around with him when we uh, when we have. Hey man, hug 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 Jordan. Um, God bless them. You and your daughters—they're doing it. Except you got to be so proud. I know I'm proud for you and and for them. Uh, job well done, kind sir, and everything that you do. Um, I need to send you a shirt and a hat. Uh, you're part of the team, so I need to get you yours. I appreciate it. Nice talking to you guys, Jay. Nice to meet you, man. Yeah, yeah. If you if you pop up in Omaha again, we're going. We got to have a, a couple drinks and we got to get dive into yeah. this UNLV man. You know, hey, we beat. We won that tournament, Jay. We, a couple weeks ago, we were down there. We uh, 
we won four and zero. Beat some really good teams. Yeah. He's played. Kids play good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That is Everett Gray. Um, that's why we bring him in. He's he's the goods, brother. Go enjoy your family time. Appreciate you, and I'll text you later this weekend. All right. Thank you, guys. There we go, brother. Everett Gray, UNLV, running Rebels National Champion NBA pro and a coach and a good one. Got an and Olympi- we got the we got the answer to the million dollar question. Got an Olymp got an Olympian. As a daughter, and got one of the best volleyball players in the world as a daughter. This dude is. Yeah, he's doing it right. He's doing well. Did so. we really get the answer to the question, though? Not really. That's <laughs> yeah, why. Yeah, that's, that's how you know. You he's know, a you got. You know, you got to get on site with him. I got to get. Yeah, on, get you got to get face to face. You got to get. You got to get face to face. All right, more one on one. Jay Foreman, thank you very much. Uh, we'll be right back here on the ticket. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store. You're listening to One on One with DP on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. On Deloitte's OnCloud podcast, my co-host Mike Cavus and I talk with innovation leaders to explore how they use cloud engineering for new possibilities for their organizations. Join myself, David Linthicum, by subscribing to OnCloud wherever you get your podcasts.